Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom and welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. Today's Daf is Shkalim Daf Vav, page 6. Today we'll look at one more aspect of the giving of the Shekel. What happens when you give too much? What makes this case especially fun is that there are, in classic Talmudic fashion, three levels of differentiation which reach increasing levels of detail. And it's only when we hit the third level that the key conceptual issue comes into focus. We've already seen that gifts to the temple have a unique characteristic. The very act of designating something for the temple, the words themselves, infuse the item immediately with holiness, and essentially remove it from your possession, such that you are now required to go through with the gift. The Mishnah presents a debate between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel about the case where I declare that a certain pile of money is for the payment of my, of my shekel tax, where the pile contains more than the requisite amount. What is the status of the rest of the money above and beyond the amount of the tax? It cannot also go to the tax fund, because one, not, one cannot pay extra for this tax. The whole point was for every Israelite to give equally. Now Beit Shammai says that nonetheless, since you expressed intent that all of that money go to the temple, it must go to the temple, in the form of a separate voluntary donation. Beit Hillel says the rest of the money remains yours. If you designate it for something that it cannot be, the words essentially have no meaning and thus no effect. It would be like selecting a cow rather than a lamb for the Pesach offering. Since, it, since it's impermissible, it has no meaning. Now, the Gemara makes a revealing distinction. It tells us that the dispute between the houses of Shammai and Hillel applies only when I put money into a pot labeled shekel tax, little by little over time. They agree, however, about the case where I have a single pile with more than the needed amount, and say... The money in this pile is for my shekel tax. What exactly is the difference? Well, in one case, there is a point where I have just the proper amount in my pot. And it has become temple property, because that happens immediately. Each subsequent time I put money into the pot, I am therefore making a false declaration. Since my shekel tax is already paid, and I cannot pay it again, this money cannot become my tax payment. So the question is, what is the power of my statement? Can my statement make the money sacred, even though the specific purpose I noted is not allowable? Or is that statement just false and thus meaningless? In the other case, my designation could validly apply to any of the money in the pile. So all of it could be considered possibly or potentially sacred, and none of it is definitely sacred. 
Note that while I mentioned that according to the Gemara, the houses agree about this latter case, I did not mention what ruling they agreed upon. That is because this is the subject of the third distinction. The Amora Rabbi Yossi claims that both houses agree in this case that all of the money must go to the temple, while Rav Bibi says that they agree that the money remains mine. That means that for Rabbi Yossi, there's more reason to think that the money should have to go to the temple. If I made my designation while all of the money was in a pile, then there is if I made that, de that, that declaration when the money was put in incrementally. The logic of this position is clear. If it is incremental, then the latter money, the money put in after the proper amount was reached, was put in under false pretenses. I was putting aside money for a tax I simply no longer owed. If it was all in a pile, on the other hand, then the act of designating, designating some of the money in the pile for the tax essentially touches, at least in potentia, all of the money that the statement could refer to, meaning all of the money in the pile, giving all of it enough holiness that it can't be removed, and so I am left having to figure out some other way to give it to the temple. The reverse view seems to look at this situation and the motivations of the actor from a different angle. Rav Bibi argues that when putting money into a pot gradually, I am likely to have a reasonably good sense of how much money is there. If I keep putting in money after reaching the requisite sum, it is probably not a miscalculation, but rather may reflect a desire to give a greater donation. In other words, while I may be saying for the tax, I am thinking that I wish to still give more to the temple. In such a case, my desire, my intent, is that this money be given one way or another. So having it given as a voluntary donation may indeed be the thing that best matches my intention. By contrast, if a bunch of coins are in a pile, I may have little idea of how much is there, or may, as has been shown in so many experiments, wildly misestimate the amount. So it's much more likely in this case that my statement designating it all for the tax is indeed a miscalculation. I may think that, that this is the amount, when in truth the amount is far greater. My words are thus far less likely to be, indicate anything more than the intent to give the tax from the money in this pile. If there is no intent to give money beyond the tax, there is no reason, says Rav Bibi, to require it solely based on the vagueness of the declaration. In essence, this debate comes down to whether we consider this case from an objective perspective, what happens to the money, or a subjective perspective, what do my words appear to indicate about my intent. Judged objectively, one is a case where the latter acts of designation are sim simply impossible and must be treated as false. The other is a case where every coin could possibly be the one designated as such, and thus should be treated as temple property to be safe. However, from the speaker's perspective, the opposite is true. Putting in more money once the box is full 
is likely to indicate an intent beyond what I've made explicit. A desire to give more. Pointing vaguely at a pile of uncertain size is more likely to indicate only vagueness, not any further intentions. And if I have no intent to give more, we should not require that I do so. I find this pushback against giving words an objective meaning or power very appealing. It's too easy to fixate on exactly what someone said. I just think of every quote that appears in a news report in black and white, which, when we read it, appears to have a, an, a specific, clear, and absolute meaning. But in fact, we know that every statement is made in a specific context and reflects particular lines of thought. Rav Bibi pushes us to try to hear and respond to the fullness of what a person communicates. He pushes us not to be trapped into focusing only on the words people say. That may help our, our own acts of speech to actually reach the intention they reflect. Shalom. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.